Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Tuesday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us and lots to get to today. IU basketball, some news there. Mike Woodson had his weekly coaches show last night. And uh, we've said this before, but he's pretty upfront and honest about things. He had some things to say last night about the team and about Trace Jackson Davis and his uh, needing to rebound more if he's going to log 33 or so minutes a game. And uh, interesting stuff last night. So we'll review what Coach Woodson said coming up here in just a few moments. Also, some IU football notes to cover as well today. And uh, did you watch the Purdue-Wisconsin game last night? The Boilermakers lose their second Big Ten team. In fact, they've got an identical record in the conference right this moment as what Indiana does. Uh, Wisconsin last night got them at Mackey Arena. And I tell you what, Johnny Davis last night was amazing uh, for the Badgers. He had 37 points, only got to see the final few minutes of that ball game. But he had all the way around. He, in fact, the leading uh, stat getter last night in, I think, five different categories for Wisconsin and I saw someone tweet out last night that that's the first time uh, maybe ever in Division One basketball that one player has led a team in all five stats. So an interesting Big Ten start to the season. Uh, Wisconsin, I think Hoosier fans know, are uh, not going to give up. They're a, a battle-tested team. Uh, so not surprised to see them hang tough with Purdue in Mackey, but a little surprising to see Purdue here early on start conference play with a 1-2 and two record. So we'll, we'll cover that today. Uh, coming up here in just a bit as well. Let's take a look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, we've got our headlines of the day, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. Later in the show, it's Tuesday, so Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier will join us for the latest on IU basketball. And then Mike Pegram of Pigs.com also on IU stuff joins us in segment number three. And we'll get to some basketball recruiting, perhaps a little football stuff with Mike as well. And I want to bring up the IU women's team. I brought it up on Monday with Tom Brew when he joined the show. But they had a huge win against Maryland over the weekend on Sunday and really deserve some credit for the season that they have had so far. And uh, they appear to be setting themselves up nicely for the postseason uh, coming out of the Big Ten. There's no question about that. So that's what we'll do today. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Let's get into our headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. Plenty to get to coming out of the Monday night Mike Woodson Coaches Show, which, by the way, is uh, picked up, aired here every week 
on the Big X, your home for the Hoosiers in southern Indiana. Uh, he said that he thought, and I'm just kind of paraphrasing a lot of different quotes that I've got in front of me from his radio show last night. Of course, it's hosted by Don Fisher. He said that he thought going into the ball game last night that he, that IU had had their best practice of the season. Uh, that's not obviously what you would expect to hear based on the performances uh, by some players individually and by the team as a whole. Uh, but he also added that uh, Penn State, who had been off for three weeks because of COVID, had some time to add some different things that caught the team off guard that maybe they hadn't had a chance to prepare for. He also talked about guarding the three-point line, said IU'd been guarding the, the three-point arc very well going into that game, and he didn't uh, go in, to, did not expect them to make 50% of their three-pointers uh, in the contest last night. Trace Jackson Davis, pretty, pretty strong words for the best player on this team. He said, quote, he can't play 33 minutes and get five rebounds. I thought he played well in spurts. He did some things down the stretch when we needed it, uh, but obviously some pretty stark words there for TJD, and his stat line across the board was not uh, maybe as solid as what you'd like to see from a guy getting that many minutes. Also, Rob Finnessy, he was asked about, Coach Woodson was asked about his improvement so far this season. He said being a senior, you kind of expect those things from him. I think he's starting to step up when we need. I think was it five or seven points in a row uh, that Fennessey had in the second half and did have a really good stretch there to help IU in the loss at Penn State. Um, talked a little bit about IU's uh, his vision for IU's offensive style of play, which obviously when uh, Coach Woodson was hired, there was so much discussion about four out, one in, what that looks like, and of course bringing some of the NBA stuff to the college level. He said, quote, I'd like the floor to be more open. I thought we did more motion, pass and cut, and the ball kind of moved from side to side. But in college, you've got to have good pick and roll ball. He said that he understands IU's strengths are in the post and not the pick and roll. And he even went on to say, this is what I like about Coach Woodson. I mean, still the jury is out. There's no question. Uh, it's early in his coaching time. He's what what coached 13 games so far. For the Hoosiers, but he's uh, very open and honest. He said, quote, I've got to change some sets and go conventional sets to get Parker and Miller more shots. Tar talking about Parker Stewart and Miller Cop, that was one of the things we discussed yesterday. Those guys, uh, they either get some shots all in a row and then they don't, they're kind of out of the offense, it seems, for a while, or uh, as in that Penn State game, they really don't get that many opportunities to shoot the ball from start to finish in the game. So uh, obviously some things there and, uh, uh, talked a little bit about uh, their rotation, uh, said he wants to get Tamar Bates back into the flow of things after being away from the team for a bit due to family matters. That's kind of the first that I had heard about that. Uh, also, Jordan Geronimo, he said, I can't be more pleased for a player. He's been great when he's come into the game. Uh, so just a couple comments. He also mentioned Trey Galloway should be available uh, for Ohio State, but he expects to know more. Uh, coming up uh, on uh, today, on Tuesday, in advance of that Ohio State game a little bit later in the week. And uh, just some interesting stuff. Coach Woodson's coaches show the hour he gets with Don Fisher. Really, you get about maybe 40 minutes or so with Coach, including commercial breaks. Uh, it's really interesting what he's got to say and uh, how he addresses things with this team. Uh, but last night he was talking about the transfer portal and some new NCAA rules. He also previewed the Ohio State game as well. Uh, talked a lot about EJ Liddell, and he said they've got two guys like we do, like Race and Trace. It's going to be a battle. I think that uh, Ohio State-IU game at home for IU is going to be a tough one. I think it will be a battle. 
Uh, but a lot of interesting stuff uh, on Monday night from the uh, Mike Woodson show, which uh, aired here on the Big X. Also, last night in Big Ten basketball, Iowa got a win. But the most important, or I think surprising result of Big Ten Conference play last night was Wisconsin and their victory on the road, 74-69. At the Badgers, number 23, ranked. So they're not a slouch. I think Indiana fans recognize that after the Hoosiers had a commanding lead in the first half and saw Wisconsin come all the way back, tie the ball game, and actually win the contest. That was a couple weeks ago in those two little Big Ten, I call them preview games of the season. But last night, Wisconsin, a statement win at third-ranked Purdue, uh, Johnny Davis, I mentioned last night, a career-high 37 points. 27 of those points came in the second half. He had 14 rebounds as well. Uh, Wisconsin was a 12-and-a-half-point underdog on the road at Mackey Arena and uh, gave the Boilermakers a loss last night. So a big, big effort by Wisconsin. I think you definitely have to say with the start to the Big Ten that they've had, really the grit that they've shown more than anything, the ability to come back against Indiana after trailing, what, 21 points at halftime or in the first half at one point to come back and win that game, then to go on the road to Purdue and win in the fashion that they did, and Johnny Davis stepping up his game. I think you've got to say they're a surging team in the Big Ten Conference that has a great chance to finish a lot higher than what some people thought heading into the season as well. Also, a couple IU football notes here in the opening segment. I saw the latest uh, 247 Sports uh, college football team rankings based on the 2022 recruiting class as of uh, entering the month of January 2022. A lot of early signings, obviously, for IU. They had 20 total. And at this point, IU number 17 in the country, according to these rankings, based on uh, who they've got committed and signed at this point, including the top-rated player in Indiana, Desan McCullough, the son of IU assistant coach McCullough as well. Uh, big recruiting class for a team that had the dismal-type season and really bad finish to the year that IU football did. Also thought it was interesting – I don't pay a lot of attention to national college football. I do recruiting, at least, outside of the Big Ten. Uh, but I did find it interesting that uh, Texas A&M, uh, with Jimbo Fisher, the number one ranked team according to this 247 Sports ranking of the 2022 class. Alabama was two. Georgia was three. The highest ranked uh, Big Ten team, no surprise, Ohio State was number four with their 19 total commits in the class. But, again, uh, sitting here in the offseason and uh, thinking about football for next year, a lot of concerns about uh, this IU team and who they lost and how they performed and what they need to do in the offseason to improve and some big holes in different uh, areas and positions. But the recruiting class, despite that type of uh, or lack of success, I think is one hopeful thing that you can take into the offseason for IU football fans. Also, this is a disappointing note. Someone mentioned this to me last night, and I had not seen the release from IU uh, in my email box, but uh, radio analyst Buck Sewer announced on Monday afternoon that he's going to retire from his uh, color analyst spot with, of course, the legendary Don Fisher, who is the play-by-play -play voice both of IU football and basketball. He's been uh, with uh, with the program 17 years in the broadcast booth, and then he was 18 seasons before that as a coach and an administrator within the IU football program. I listen to IU football a lot on the radio on Saturdays. I'm out and about. Maybe I'm going to watch the game later. Of course, with IU football this year, you might uh, record the game and never get back around to watching it with how dismal the team was. But Buck and Don were tremendous together on the air. Just had a great 
uh, a great uh, connection with each other, and uh, uh, Buck had so many great insights. In fact, as much as you like Don Fisher's ability to call the game, uh, you get to hear every pass and every receiver. You don't always get that on television. Uh, it was Buck's uh, analyst remarks that uh, almost made me want to listen to the radio side uh, even more when I had the television broadcast on. So he will greatly be missed. going to be interesting to see who will replace him, his uh, son Eric, who of course uh, played at Bloomington North and then was at IU, is doing the basketball and does a nice job with uh, Fish on the basketball side. But it will be interesting to see who uh, steps in uh, to that football role. Will it be Eric or will it be someone else? I can tell you whoever it is, it's going to take a long time for Don Fisher and uh, whoever the new person is to get the uh, the ability to communicate and go back and forth together uh, like Buck and uh, Don did. So we'll, we will miss him. I know he obviously was someone you could hear here on the Big X with the airing of the IU football games, but uh, no question a big loss in the broadcast booth. Uh, this offseason for IU football as well. A couple other notes to mention. Uh, a couple people wrote in yesterday. You didn't talk about – I thought I mentioned this yesterday, but you didn't mention the Jeff New Albany game yesterday talking with Chad Gilbert about local high school basketball. That game, remember, has been delayed to Wednesday, February 16th uh, at New Albany because of Jeffersonville's temporary COVID pause. Uh, the Red Devils can return to practice at last report tomorrow on January 5th and uh, we'll be able to play after they get uh, a number of practices in uh, the next week. Their first game will actually be January 14th, a week from this Friday at Floyd Central. But looking ahead to that week for the Red Devils, that Wednesday night, which is going to be so odd to have uh, that kind of rivalry game, normally the crowd it brings out and the interest, it's going to be odd to have it on a Wednesday night. There's no question about that. I think it's completely going to change the environment of the game. And the other thing is as well, uh, it's late in the season because uh, just a few weeks after that, uh, the teams could potentially meet again. In fact, right after that ball game on the 16th, uh, that weekend or a few days after, we'll find out the pairings for the state tournament in the sectionals at Seymour. So that will be just a different feel for that Jeff New Albany game. But hey, in this COVID year where we expect more interruptions and more uh, difficulties keeping a normal schedule coming out of the holidays here, uh, as long as the game is played, as long as there's a, an opportunity to get it in on the schedule, I think we can all deal with that. One other note as well, the Red Devils, uh, that late uh, uh, part of their schedules has a lot different look now because they're going to have a busy, busy week on Wednesday night or on Tuesday night of that week. That's February 15th. They will host Louisville Ballard. Then on the next night, February 16th, the Wednesday, they'll play at New Albany. And then a couple nights later on Friday night, they will play at Evansville Wright. So a three-game week late in the season for the Red Devils. That's a big week. Ballard, New Albany, and Evansville Wrights all in a row for Jeffersonville. And, of course, when you've got to move games around and shift schedules, and we think it's going to happen with some other teams as well, but that definitely changes the lay of the land for the Red Devils when they get to the back half of the season. Also, a reminder, the Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Love to get your questions and comments and input uh, on the Hoosiers and local sports and whatever you've got to say. We'd love to hear from you. You can message me again, 502-414-1450. Don't forget to download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app for great offers and savings on fuel every day. And a reminder that Case Foundation and Waterproofing, they are guaranteed 
uh, work with free estimates from Case Foundation and Waterproofing. Stop fighting water today. Call the pros at Case. The number is 502-376-7706. That's 502-376-7706. Case Foundation and Waterproofing since 19. 19- Forty-four. And speaking of uh, weather and water, I saw this morning the uh, first notice about uh, potential for snow coming up later in the week on Thursday. There's a chance for a little bit of snow. So we go from a, uh, a warm Christmas and the holidays, very reasonable temperatures to all of a sudden the bottom drops out. And uh, that started Monday morning, and now we're supposed to get some snow on Thursday. So I th- say it's safe to say that uh, winter has officially arrived Uh, here in southern Indiana. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, uh, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosiers with me. We'll talk IU basketball. Uh, We'll start to get ready for Ohio State. We'll talk about the Purdue loss last night and a lot more coming up next. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back, and a reminder, the Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. You can send in your questions and comments on the Hoosiers here for this segment. Uh, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier is my guest today. And, Mike, before we get into IU hoops, and there's plenty to talk about, uh, let's talk about Big Ten basketball. Last night, Wisconsin, number 23rd-ranked Wisconsin, uh, goes on the road through third-ranked Purdue and upset the Boilermakers, and Johnny Davis was absolutely the star of the night last night in college basketball with 37 points, including 27 of those in the second half of play. Yeah, he certainly was, Matt, and Happy New Year to you. Um, he He's just such a tough guy to cover because he's so versatile. Like, you know, he can make three-point shots, but he's really quick, really effective off the bounce. They were even using him in the post a lot last night, you know, to, to because I think Purdue has some – defensive liabilities in, in those two and three spots. So they were, they were trying that out. Just, just a really tough guy to cover. And it's interesting in the two games that they've lost, that's been an issue for them is, you know, I think Ron Harper jr. Went off in the, in the first game, not, not exactly the same type of player, but in that same range of a, you know, a six, six guy that can play inside and out and beat you in a lot of different ways. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure people are trying to figure out how they can, use that against Purdue down the road. And it's also interesting, you know, not only Davis, but then Keegan Murray out of Iowa, you know, a little bit, a little bit bigger of a player, but also very versatile as well. I mean, those are two guys that we we just weren't even talking about coming into the preseason that have really just done a fantastic job of emerging and developing in the off season. Mike, uh, as far as the big 10 hierarchy goes with uh, the grit Wisconsin has shown and IU fans saw that up close and personal with the big second-half comeback a few weeks ago uh, to beat IU. IU was up, what, 21 points in that game, and now the win at Purdue. Has this Wisconsin team uh, got a chance to be better in the Big Ten, maybe in another level of the conference hierarchy than what, than what we thought heading into the year? 
certainly better than what I thought. I hope nobody goes back and reads what I said about them going into the season because I, I didn't think that they had much. And it's mainly just because you, you need to have a player like Davis that just kind of pulls everything together and, and becomes somebody that's really hard to, to guard and can get you those tough baskets and key moments in games. I just didn't think that they had anybody like that, and they didn't have the experienced bigs that they, they've had in the past. But here's what's really interesting about Wisconsin is that they lost by 18 uh, in the Big Ten a few weeks ago to the team Indiana's going to face here on Thursday night. So um, I, I think Ohio State might actually be starting to emerge as, you know, one of, if not the best team in the Big Ten right now because they've, they've also got some guys emerging. So, um, you know, I, I think Purdue seems to have come back down to earth from the sense that, you know, I've been saying over the last few weeks that they look like the clear best team. Um, I still think they're clearly one of the the top teams, but I think it's starting to shape up as a much more competitive race at the top than I thought it may be. Talking with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, you can uh, read Mike's work at thedailyhoosier.com. You can follow him on Twitter at daily underscore Hoosier. Mike, wanted to cover some things that Coach Woodson covered last night on his weekly radio show with Don Fisher. Uh, He talked about the loss to Penn State and specifically a couple players uh, in detail. Trace Jackson Davis, he said he can't play 33 minutes and get five rebounds. It's kind of nice to hear. I mean, we know what Trace has brought to this team, and we know he's IU's best player, uh, but it's kind of nice to hear a coach be uh, pretty upfront and honest about some of this stuff. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I had the same reaction. It's it's refreshing to to hear a coach call out a player, and I, I think Trace is the kind of guy that that you can do that with and, and not have some negative behind the scenes reaction to it. I think Trace would probably be the first one to tell you that that he's got to have more than five rebounds in a game. I, I think some of it is scheme because they're they're using him much more as a shot blocker, you know, he, he's the guy that anytime anybody attacks the rim, he, he's trying to wipe those shots away. So at times that's going to take him away from, from rebounding opportunities. He was used kind of in the exact opposite role last year where he didn't really help much and was kind of the weak side rebounder for, for that defense. So, so that that's part of the story, but you know, I, I just think with his, Size, his athleticism, it, it, it truly is hard to imagine how he can end the, end the game with only five rebounds. And his numbers are down from what they've been over the first two years of his career. So I, I suspect you're gonna you're gonna see Trace give a a next level effort on Thursday night. Um, part of it, I, I wonder too. Like he he's a guy that's never in foul trouble, so I don't know if that's like a conscious effort for him to to not you know get fouls on rebounds or what, what what that's about but that you know he, he's gonna have to find a way to be more aggressive and you know hopefully for for indiana that doesn't mean more foul trouble for for jackson davis i thought it was also interesting he talked about parker stewart stewart and miller cop about the, their shooting struggles but he said he's got to help them and he even mentioned i think it was uh, getting away from some of the stuff and going to more conventional sets to help them get shots as opposed to uh, some of the things IU's offense has been running. That was interesting to hear him talk about that. And I think the average fan watching would say, wait a minute, IU has brought in Parker Stewart and Miller Cop specifically to help with three-point shooting, and these guys just simply aren't getting the opportunities to shoot or really a lot of touches out there to do so. 
Yeah, I I think touches are, are definitely the the problem right now. I mean, they're they're both. I think cops at forty percent, Stewart's at forty seven percent from three. So their their effectiveness is, is not the issue. But here's where I'm at in terms of what I think the problem with the offense is right now. You got those two guys, Stewart and Cop, that aren't really serious threats to to attack off the bounce. So as, as a defense, you kind of know where you have to be to guard them. And it's, it's, it's kind of not like a Johnny Davis where you don't have to account for all three levels of the court where you're guarding those two guys. And then you've got race and trace who at this point in the season aren't really serious threats to score outside of the paint. So, so the defense in the end is a little bit, I don't want to say easy, but they're they're a little bit vanilla to game plan for right now because you you have limited areas of the court that you have to account for when when you're at least guarding that starting lineup. And so, you know, and and I think what what Indiana has been running a lot of the time has been you know inside out, so feeding the post where Cop and Stewart are just spot up guys, or high ball screen actions where the you know they're they're spotted up. For, for shots coming off those ball screens. So I think what Woodson is saying is he wants to, you know, run more kind of traditional motion where, you know, guys are screening for Cop and Stewart, getting them coming off the screens rather than just kind of standing and, and waiting for, for shot opportunities. And, and so we'll see what they can come up with that. And we'll also see if they are as good of shooters when they're on the move, which is a, a kind of a different art form. And based on what I've seen from them in the past, I think they are better shooters in the spot up variety, so it'll be interesting to see if they get more shots and the percentages hold to where they are right now. Mike, I thought uh, it was interesting. He mentioned Tamar Bates. Uh, he came into the program as a late uh, commitment, a late change in his recruiting choice, uh, and it just worked out timing wise perfectly for IU. And obviously, he's a guy that's got uh, quite a, a resume behind him as a, an elite high school player. He's had some moments, but here recently, we haven't heard as much or seen as much from Tamar Bates as maybe what we did earlier on the in the year. He said last night that he wanted to get uh, Tamar back into the flow of the game after being away for the team for a bit due to family matters. Uh, any idea, I don't want to pry on anyone's personal life. I know there was Tamar himself made an announcement that he and his girlfriend were expecting a baby. I think that announcement came right around Christmas. But has he missed some practices? Did he have an extended holiday break to deal with some things? Or any idea what's going on with Tamar Bates? Well, I mean, I think everybody knows he missed the, the Notre Dame game because he had a family family member pass away, and I right. think he did he did miss some time in there. They, I mean, they've only played what two games in the last couple of weeks, so and he really didn't play a, a lot at Penn State. So he just has a you know he's had some interruptions in, in his flow, and, and you know I was looking at his numbers this morning. He's been particularly. Uh, challenged when they played out on the road. I, I don't know what that's about, but you know, I think the opportunity to kind of get him back in the rhythm here in these next two home games will be particularly important. I, I think you're, you're kind of tying everything together with him and you know what you opened with there with you know Johnny Davis and Murray out at Iowa. He, Bates is the the guy that I think has to find a way to be that guy for Indiana because as you talk about. Stewart and Cop being limited offensively. Bates is that guy that can score at all three levels, can really pose a threat, you know, not just to knock down threes, but to, to beat you off the bounce, to score in the mid range, to score in transition. Um, I think he's probably, 
you know, although he's he's young and he's not real strong, he's probably a better defender than Coppin Stewart. So I I think if Indiana turns a corner this year offensively, it's going to correlate to to him kind of developing, getting more comfortable, putting some of this personal stuff behind him and starting to, to have bigger games. We, we, we've already seen it. He, he had big games against St. John's. He had a big game against Nebraska. Again, both of those were at home. And, you know, going to Ohio State, they, they had a freshman that Malachi Branham that went from a, a zero-point game to a 35-point game. So so these young guys can, can do it out of nowhere. And I, I think that's really what – what Indiana needs is, you know, Bates is obviously not going to have a 35-point game, but if they can just get consistent production from him, start to, to uh, I really think he needs to play more minutes, you know, opposite one of Stewart and Cop, and kind of get Stewart and Cop, you know, in different rotations because I feel like that they are very similar players, and I think Indiana would be better served having someone like a Bates or even a Trey Galloway as he comes back this week that gives you more of a an attacking off the bounce mindset that can, you know, break down defenses a little bit better. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, my guest. Mike, let's talk more about Ohio State. You mentioned earlier uh, talking about the uh, Purdue loss last night and Wisconsin surging uh, that Ohio State very well could be right now the best team in the Big Ten Conference. So this is a big challenge headed into Bloomington for the Hoosiers later this week. Let's talk about this Ohio State team. EJ Liddell, they've got a good uh, uh, per, uh, uh, interior, uh, much like uh, Ray Thompson and Trace Jackson Davis. So some challenges there for both of those guys on uh, both sides of the ball. But this is an Ohio State team that's very good and despite missing some games because of COVID issues, is uh, is having a good year. Yeah, and I, I think they're, they're a real easy team to compare to Indiana because strangely enough, they've played the exact same three teams in the Big Ten that, that Indiana has. And they've compiled a three and zero record while while IU sits at one and two, so that is particularly concerning. But yeah, you mentioned EJ Liddell; he, he's clearly the, the feature point of the offense. Um, you know, can score inside and out, which you know is going to be interesting to see how IU matches up with him. I assume it's going to be Reese Thompson that gets the primary duty there, but I think Jordan Geronimo could be could be really interesting in, in trying to take on some of that role as well. Um, I, I, I kind of thought that Ohio State might struggle a little bit because they, they're missing Justice Suing, who's a really, you know, one, another one of those versatile guys that can beat you in a lot of different ways, like a Murray or a, a Davis. And and he's been out all year, and they, they really, you know, they, they had some hiccups early in the season, but since they've, you know, they posted that really impressive win over Wisconsin that, that I mentioned, they, they beat Duke at home, which doesn't get much more impressive than that. And they've done it, as Coach Woodson alluded to last night, with just really good inside-out plays. You know, Zed Key's a guy that doesn't get a lot of attention because of some of the other players on the team, but he's just a tough physical guy. I don't know where Kyle Young stands because he missed their last game, but he, he's a guy that really, you know, he's been there for a long time and just really, you know, kind of like Indiana's Race Thompson, just a glue guy that just does everything. Um, another six eight guy. So you got Key at six eight, Young at six eight, Liddell at six seven. But those are, you know, that that's a handful right there for for Indiana. And then and then you've got you know guys that are shooting at a really high rate. I mentioned Malachi Branham's at forty four percent from three. Aaron, Justin Aaron's is at forty one percent from three. Jamari Willer, who's a former Penn State point guard, is at forty three percent from three. As a team, Ohio State's 
10th in the country at 39.7% from long range. So truly an inside out threat, truly a, a dynamic offense for Indiana to deal with. And this is an Ohio State team under Chris Holtman that has just really made Indiana's offense look bad over the last four or five years. So it's going to be a major test. <laughs> yeah, no question. Mike Schumann is my guest. Mike, probably the toughest question of the segment, uh, saving it for last. Uh, and, and some may say this is unfair, but I'm curious your thoughts uh, as we start the new year, 2022, uh, compared to a year ago, uh, under Archie Miller with this IU team. Is this IU team uh, here in 21-22 better than last year at this juncture, in your opinion? Well, it's funny you ask that question because I haven't published this article yet, but let me read the first sentence of what I'll probably publish here in the next hour or so. It says, through three Big Ten games, Indiana's offensive profile looks a bit like the IU teams of the last four years. Yeah. So I guess my I guess my answer would be there, there doesn't seem to be a whole heck of a lot of difference, and it's been real interesting that I feel like Woodson has, rather than kind of imposing his preferred offensive approach, he's kind of you know adapted to the strengths of the team, which makes sense that's what you do as a coach I asked him that very question last week and that's what he said you know as a coach you adapt to to the strengths of your team but at the same time you could say okay well you, you know you came here with the notion of four out with you know an emphasis on the the three ball as he likes to say it but, but we don't see as much uh, of that we don't see as much of you know like an Anthony Leo or a Tamar Bates it's much more focused on playing inside out first. They've, they've moved race and trace, you know, both in the paint together a lot. And so, you know, it, it's hard to see big differences right now, but, but also defensive scouts are, are picking up on that. And Indiana's offense hasn't looked real great while they believe that they are playing to those strengths. So, you know, it, it's going to ebb and flow. I think it's, it's a new staff. I don't think it is the same product we've seen but I, I just don't think we've we've seen enough yet at this point to know exactly what adjustments will be made over the course of the season yeah no question Mike Schumann the Daily Hoosier with us Tuesdays here on the program Mike as always thanks for the chat and uh, we'll catch up with you very soon Matt always appreciate it thank you absolutely Mike Schumann with us here on this Tuesday edition of the program couple other notes before we head to commercial break we've got Mike Pegram coming up uh, in the final segment today, but Romeo Langford had a couple people say, what's the latest with him? He has been out, or at least he missed the last Boston game. He was listed on the injury report as uh, ill, sick, but non-COVID. So that would, you would hope means he's not going to be out for any kind of extended uh, period of time. Uh, but don't forget, it was not uh, long before that that he had a 16-point game, and some say, uh, and now his best uh, – uh, it was a career high for sure, but now maybe his best game uh, of the season for the Celtics. That was last Friday right before uh, the new year. So uh, Langford is – overall, I think you've got to rate his season as a success, although it is amazing he continues to miss here and there being sick or whatever the case. He, had a, a, some, he was listed on the injury report the day of the, the Christmas game, but he ended up playing. Uh, but he was questionable for a strain or for some minor deal. But he just – has a lot of nicks and bruises. You got to hope that he stays healthy as he moves through this important season. And also, Sean East, we uh, talked last week about some of his recruitment now that he's at uh, John A. Logan Junior College over in Illinois. They're number three in the country, having a wonderful season is Logan, but also Sean East individually as well. And he's got all sorts of interest. Uh, 
I mentioned this before, Oregon, UMass, which uh, oddly enough is where he was at uh, out of uh, prep school. He That was his first uh, landing spot in college. They're back on his list. Georgia State, UMBC, Northern Illinois, Mercer. Uh, also um, on his list, some uh, new schools, Texas A&M and Xavier. So it seems to be uh, just watching from a distance uh, that Sean, as the season goes on, is beginning to get uh, bigger and bigger schools and also from across the country as well. Logan's a program this year that's getting all sorts of attention and college coaches, D1 guys, are going to be recruiting. They have so many players uh, that will play D1 basketball, so they're getting a lot of eyes on their roster uh, each and every game, whether it's somebody in person or whether it's watching you know, video uh, live or after the game. So Sean East getting a lot of interest and uh, we'll see as the season plays out. Still a lot of junior college basketball ahead, uh, but we'll see ultimately where Sean East will land for, you would think, the final stop of his college career. So just an update on Romeo and Sean. Of course, uh, great memories of those guys playing uh, at New Albany. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back with Mike Pegram of Pigs.com, a little IU stuff, maybe some basketball recruiting, football as well. Stay with us. One more segment still ahead on this Tuesday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back. Final segment of this Tuesday program. Mike Pegram of Pigs.com. Our guests, we're going to start with IU basketball. We had a long conversation in the last segment about the Hoosiers, but a couple more topics with Mike that we'll get into some recruiting stuff, maybe a little football as well to wrap up the show today. Mike, I want to start with this. Trey Galloway, it sounds like there's a chance he could come back for this IU game on Thursday night against Ohio State, according to Mike Woodson yesterday. Any details or updates as to whether or not to expect Trey in uniform and available ready to go? Uh, not this morning, but uh... – They've been targeting the Ohio State game for a while with him. I mean, that's what Mike had said last week. And uh, it just makes a lot of sense for it to be this Thursday because he returned to contact play late last week, but, you know, still a little unsure. And and, um, he sounded pretty confident on his radio show last night that uh, Trey should be able to play. I mean, they could have used him on Sunday because he is a better defensive player. And Parker Stewart and, and Miller Kopp and, and uh, you know, Penn State was 11 for 22 on threes, and he could have helped prevent that. Talking with Mike Pegram of Peaks.com. Mike, earlier in the show we talked some about the Purdue loss last night and trying to figure out the Big Ten Conference from a team perspective here at the very start of the new year. But uh, the, I tell you, two guys that have really emerged, Johnny Davis last night, we mentioned 37 points from him for Wisconsin, 27 of those came in the second half. And then in the last segment, we were also talking about Keegan Murray as well. You know, it's the start of the year, Trace Jackson Davis and and Coburn and Liddell and probably a few others that I'm forgetting. They were the guys heading into the Big Ten Conference this season that at least from an individual player perspective, everybody was talking about. Uh, But since conference play has come back, I think Murray and Davis have been the talk of the conference thus far. 
Yeah, I actually wrote about that today. I said that if they were a player of the year voting right now, those two would be the runaway winners or runaway vote getters. They've just been terrific. And uh, NBA teams are noticing too. These guys got a long-term future in basketball. They just, it's crazy because they weren't even ranked in the top 150, either of them coming out of high school. Uh, Mike, obviously this week, uh, games at home for IU after the road loss uh, at Wisconsin, back in that little the two-game preview, and then uh, the other night on Sunday afternoon against Penn State. It's it's kind of cliche. I know this comes up every year uh, it multiple times during conference play, but in the Big Ten, when you've got two games at home um, in, in the friendly confines of Assembly Hall, this is a week where IU, I think they've got to win one. There's no question about it to, to keep a resume building and to keep positive momentum moving forward in the conference. Yeah, they're starting to drop out of some of the bracketology forecast for a field of 64. And uh, they had a great opportunity for a road win on Sunday, and you don't get those very often. And uh, that means they just cannot lose at home, at least here right away, when there are already, you know, two losses on the road. So that's a very important game on Thursday. And um, they have to win at least one. And and really have to win two because you got to remember their non-conference was so weak they're not getting any boost from that they may have to have to have a winning record in the big 10 to get into the dance mike pegram peaks.com my guest my couple football topics i want to cover with you i mentioned this in our headlines today but buck sewer announced yesterday his retirement from the program and from the broadcast booth he's been a fixture in indiana football now for a number of years and and i love the uh, camaraderie that he and fish have on the radio during the IU football games. Uh, surprising to see him step away from what you would think would be a really fun and a plush job, but he's definitely going to be missed in that role. Uh, you know, a little bit surprised, uh, but, uh, you know, more power to him. I know he loves Bloomington and loves um, the new golf course and everything. I love talking to him about that. He's just a really cool guy. And his personality is ideal for IU football's ups and downs and, and making humor of things, and he will be missed. Yeah, no question about it. Talking with Mike Pegram of Peaks.com. Basketball recruiting, Mike, uh, coming into the new year. I know last time we had you, we talked about a couple in-state players, namely some freshmen that were making big marks and that IU's interested and has offered. Any other prospects to check as high school basketball gets back to some normalcy? Here in this new year, whether it's an in-state guy or someone from outside of the borders of the Hoosier State that IU seems to be making up some ground with? Um, well, there's actually a tournament in La Lemire, Indiana, at La, um, La Lemire High School in, in LaPorte, Indiana, where Colin Carr from South Carolina will be um, be playing and uh, Jalen Hutchifino up there in, in uh, LaPorte. And, and Carr is a guy that they've really identified um, not a not a senior or anything, but a guy they really like, a really terrific athlete, um, and uh, you know. But the, the the in-state class is not great until I think we get to 2025, and we have a couple freshmen already with offers, and that may be where things are turning. But um, you know, I think that's that's kind of a recent story. I think they offered somebody from that 25 class. Uh, you may you may mention this uh, this morning or today. Um, Bryson Tiller from from Atlanta, another this year Roseman target. Mike, also Indianapolis Cathedral is coming down uh, to southern Indiana. They will play at New Albany on Saturday night. 
against the Bulldogs. Xavier Booker has been a name that we've discussed a lot. Indiana has been very active with him. Any update on how his season and uh, the IU connection with his recruitment is going so far? Yeah, Indiana really likes his potential. He's ha- you know he's he's very raw. He has games where he doesn't score a lot, but physically he's he's really gifted and he can handle and shoot and uh, really run the court. But he hasn't quite found. Uh, he doesn't have great strength and and great post moves, even though he's up to um, at least six foot ten. Um, but you know you just can't find six foot ten players with um, with skills, and you just develop them over time. So. He's not been to an IU game, um, but I think he's waiting for a marquee game to come down, and uh, for, you know probably a weekend game that doesn't conflict with high school, obviously. And I think he's been to Purdue, um, and he'll be a real target for both of them. But he does have ways to go as a player. Mike Pegram, Peaks.com. He's with us on Tuesdays as we talk all things IU basketball, football, and beyond. Mike, uh, thanks for the chat. Happy New Year. We'll look forward to talking all right. with you Thank next you week, guys. All right, Mike Thank Pegram. You with us here on this Tuesday program. That's going to wrap things up uh, for our Tuesday show. Just a reminder, if you missed the live show here on the Big X weekdays at 11 o'clock, you could always find us as a podcast. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're available most any place that you listen to podcasts. Uh, just search for us. You'll find us there. You can listen on demand. And no matter how you're with us each day, love to uh, love to have you along for the ride as we talk IU basketball. Lots of it this time of year. And, of course, uh, some IU football and sports from a local perspective as well. We'll be back with you on Wednesday at 11 o'clock. Dustin Dopirak uh, will join. Dustin is with the Bloomington Herald Times. We'll get you ready for the Ohio State game. Also, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, he joins us on our Wednesday program as well. And uh, then a lot Thursday as well to get you set for the big IU-Ohio State game on Thursday night. Stay with us for all that coming up later in the week. Have a great Tuesday. Back with you tomorrow. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.